You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can hit me at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I am joined by the assistant editor of Bears Wire. That's Brendan Shagru. If you want to get him on Twitter, that's at Brendan Shagru, S-U-G-R-U-E. Now, Patrick Sheldon is also with us. He is going to have to duck out a little bit early, but if you want to read Patrick, you can get him on DeWindy City as part of the fan-sided network. Hit him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. Uh, Jack Wright is also with us. Jack was at the the game today. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, you can hit him at Bear Down Jack. Now, unfortunately, Logan Bradley will not be with us this evening, uh, but that's okay. We've got, uh, we've got a somewhat full crew, and we've got a lot to talk about about boys, which I am excited about. I am very excited to be back in the driver's seat because when I leave, apparently there are photo edits of just terrible, terrible things that happen. Now, folks, yeah, for all of you that are listening, just the audio podcast, come check us out on YouTube. We're now streaming most of our episodes live on Sunday night, uh, 7.30 Chicago time. We would love to have a few more viewers on YouTube joining us for the live shows. Uh, we're having a lot of fun here so boys we're back uh the season is finished i there's a lot to talk about but before we we get too far into the number one overall pick and some things to be very excited about we do need to spend a little bit of time talking about damar hamlin now i was in mexico uh when it was happening and just so happened to turn on like as they were in kind of a pause and a break and you know my wife who works for a hospital like i got a chance to kind of talk with her about some of the the things that were going on unprecedented unbelievable and i just you know from all of us in the bear down chicago podcast like so so happy to see the pictures of him the videos uh you know the tweets coming out today i mean he was tweeting all over the place so that was really cool boys just your overall thoughts on all of that it's something i've never seen before in my life and you you always unfortunately have heard the saying that at some point we may actually see somebody die on the football field because of how violent and how dangerous the game is. And that actually happened on Monday and seeing the reactions, just the unprecedented nature of what was happening, the coverage, nobody knew what to do, but just hearing the stories coming out of that after he was down on the field and hearing the the medical assistants and the paramedics and everybody and how just they sprung into action like no other and just the stories of getting people to the field to make sure that those seconds mattered to get him back and resuscitate him and get him to the hospital i mean it, it was just harrowing and of course every every day thankfully there was like a little bit more positive news and a little bit more and then finally on friday like hearing that his breathing tube was taken out like just the the whole world was glued to this story and it was, you know, as, as tragic as it was and how scary as it was, it was one of those things that also I think helped bring humanity together 
which is at least nice to see with all the donations and charity. But my God, like never seen anything like that before on a football field. I mean, obviously, but it was it was just unreal. Yeah, it was incredibly scary, and uh, I echo all the comments that you had. I'm, I'm so thankful and happy for DeMar and his family that he's doing better. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was, and you alluded to it, Brendan, is the response from the medical staff. You know, we talk about football being the ultimate team sport, but if there was no greater example of a team effort than uh, the medical personnel and the staff from both teams coming together, you know, you heard stories from getting his face mask off quickly, which allowed them to do CPR to getting, um, you know, the the chest compressions and getting him loaded in the ambulance quickly. Um, it really was just emblematic of a true team effort. And uh, so I applaud them for that incredible job by the first responders and then also the staffs from each team to step in and do uh, what the NFL seemingly was having trouble doing, which was recognizing the severity of the situation on the field and uh, suspending the game. And it, it, it took them a while. They got to the right decision, thankfully. But it was good to see the, the coaches and the teams kind of step in and say, um, we're going to take the decision out of your hands, NFL, and, and we're, we're not coming back on the field. So good for them. I think we may have talked about it recently. Just the further I think I get away from my long ago playing days, the more I realize how violent the sport is you know i just I, all of a sudden i notice how much uh you know how many hits a running back takes you know for instance i played some running back in high school uh, and a little bit in college and i think at that time you you thirst for the the contact right you want to deliver contact and there's no denying it's a violent game and there's sort of this roman coliseum you know element to it that it's impossible to to, to, to deny that these guys are putting themselves in grave danger, obviously. And so it's just, it was really a strange, you know, um, mixed feeling of, boy, I love this game, but I never want to see somebody in that position ever again, on a field or anywhere for that matter. I think we have done a lot to talk about the human element of the game throughout, you know, all of our time podcasting together. And it is definitely one of those moments, like, you have to step back and say, this is a game. It's just a game. It doesn't matter. We get heated. We get so into it. The human element is more important than anything else, and you're just so thankful for that. All right, boys, let's do this. Let, let, let's chat about the Chicago Bears. Um, before we get into Brendan's breakdown, which I a single tear is going to fall down my cheek because this is it. This is the last Brendan's breakdown until next season. Oh, like it hurts. It hurts my heart a little bit to say that, though. I am a little bit relieved that this season is over. If I'm totally honest with you, um, boys, just just anything that that kind of stood out to you about this game. Let's go, Jack, Shells, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Mainly that it's still fun to go to a game. You know, I just I feel fortunate to have been, been able to go with my son Jack today. And as we were walking in, I was like, you know, the Bears are pretty pretty awful, but we share a common love of football you know the specifics the minutiae we're like we're still gonna go watch professional football players play professional football and that's awesome it's always a great crowd there although i will say i would put it at maybe 80 20 uh bears to to purple like queens there was a lot of like queens fans there um yeah I, you know it's just a fun game it's certainly uh, unfortunate to finish uh you know, three and fourteen, but we're lucky that Brendan is is seventeen and zero on the breakdowns. So uh, we've got that to look forward to. Jack, I'm I'm sorry, I I, I don't have seventeen and zero. I think I'm fifteen and two. Really? I Why? miss I missed two of them. 
Oh yeah, you had buys on those weeks, so you're fine. Oh, okay, you're good. all right, you're fine. Okay, thank in, you. In, in our hearts, in our yes. hearts, you were for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, boys, I, I, sorry, just really quick, I, I'm interrupting the flow already, Shells, before you go. I just, Jalen Short, who's with us uh, live, and I just want to nod to any of those people that are watching with us live, you know, still feel as if the NFL doesn't take these kinds of injuries serious enough. And I, and I definitely think there are a lot of people out there, um, you know, some of the comments that we saw on Twitter, people like, just play the game, like, what are, what are you talking about? Shells, sorry about that. Please hop back into us, this Bears game. Yeah, so I, I didn't see it. Um, I had reserve duty this weekend, and uh, so I didn't get to see the game. But a couple takeaways. Um, best of both worlds, like perfect scenario, I think, for me as a Bears fan. Uh, Justin Fields developed, and despite what uh, some beat reporters and others may think, I think the Bears have their franchise quarterback of the future, and he showed um, continued growth throughout the season. And they got the number one overall pick. So uh, that, to me, is a pretty good outcome, despite the record. Uh, and then the, the other takeaway was I will never forget where I was uh, hiding in a Fort Jackson bathroom watching the end of the Texans game um, <laughs> so my unit couldn't find me because I was, I was following on the Bleacher Report app. And when I saw uh, kind of the direction it was going those last um, few seconds or so, I, I, I kind of slunk out and... Uh, watched on the Sunday ticket app. So if my unit was wondering where I was for like 15 minutes, that's that's where I was. The Shells, you you were literally watching the toilet bowl on the toilet. <laughs> on the to- <laughs> that's incredible. It's I, don't know, I don't know if it counts as going AWOL, uh, but uh, yeah, I was, I was in the toilet watching the toilet bowl. It's our tax dollars hard at work right there. <laughs> 15 minutes. It was a 15-minute break, guys. Sure. 15. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So my my biggest thought was I've been very consistent on this show and with you guys and everywhere saying I don't root for losses. I'm not mad if the Bears lose, but I want them to win. Today was the first time I actually rooted for a loss. (laughs) The first time in my life, I swear to God. And that was weird. I mean, when Valus Jones scored, that was a great tiptoe touchdown. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, I guess it's cool that Valus did it, but I'm like, don't don't make this a game. But yeah, this was just one of those in, in the just overall sense, besides getting the the number one overall pick, there wasn't much to see. Justin Fields didn't play. Tevin Jenkins didn't play. The two quarterbacks couldn't get the ball to the wide receivers. I do think it's very cool that the Bears eclipsed 3,000 yards rushing that's for insane. the season. Insane. I mean, yeah, like that's that's unbelievable, especially for a team that won three games. Um, and Dane Weeder, I know our favorite beat reporter, tweeted out, they had 3014 rushing yards as a game as a team it was the fifth highest single season total by an NFL team all time that's just unbelievable so there's there's a positive there but other than that this game was a waste of time did he blame Justin Fields for not being first <laughs> you know i don't think he did but i'm sure he thought of it <laughs> Two thoughts. I never, ever, ever thought I would say that Nathan Peterman is a better quarterback than anybody, but he is a significantly better quarterback than Tim Boyle. Like, woof, <laughs> that guy is yeah. bad. He's Was the Tim Boyle move because it was getting too close and they were like, whoa, wait a I, second. <laughs> I don't know. No, I was going to say, like, I think they just kind of also wanted to see, well, we got two backup quarterbacks who's worth a damn, but I will not take any Tim Boyle slander on this podcast. <laughs> he might be a wonderful human being, but 
that was that was no, he was bad. That was bad. It was really bad. Was, and yeah. the second thing, and this is Jack and and Shells. As I'm looking at this screen right now, they're on one side, and and Brennan and I are on the other. Uh, Valus had a good game. He had a good game. Uh, he he showed off that speed, and I think, I hope, I've been always the guy to say. If I'm wrong, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I'm not saying, like, I'm not taking back any of the things that I said in that, you know, podcast two weeks ago or whenever it was that we talked about Velas for 45 minutes or whatever it was. Uh, but I just say he, he looked good. He, he looked really, really good against some Minnesota backups, but he looked really good. Um, all right. So, boys, let's do this. Um, Jack, why don't you tell us about a phenomenal haircut? Then, Brendan, I want to hear... Let's hear it, baby. Let's hear your last breakdown for the season after you talk about a little bit of Levi. And then, boys, I've got... I'm switching it up a little bit. We're still going to do the outhouse of the penthouse, but we are going to change it up big time for tonight. So, Jack, talk to us, would you please? Ryan Dingle, you're on the clock with the first pick. In the first round of the 2023 Barbershop Draft, you select Sheridan's Barbershop. That's right. Let me tell you a little bit about Sheridan's Barbershop because they are the number one pick in my book as well. They're located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, which has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to be booked online or by phone. At your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and you can book yours today. Let's go. L-A-T-S-G-O. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Oh, you just want me to go into it, Ryan. All right, let's do this for the final time. For one last time, the Chicago Bears drove their tanks to the gates of Soldier Field as they welcomed a boat of Vikings off Lake Michigan to close out the 2022 season. With Justin Field sideline, the Bears went with the dynamic duo of Nathan J. Peterman and Nate Tim Susan Boyle at quarterback. Peterman had the adventures of a lifetime, underthrowing footballs to Vikings galore and doing enough to lose the game. Because who can take your trash out? and lose a game for you. Drop back in the pocket and throw a pick or even two. The Peterman can. Minnesota took control early with a touchdown by Adam. Hooked on a Thielen, ba ba da ba. Making sure they are leading, ba ba da ba. But the scoring didn't stop though, as Alexander Holly Madison bared it all in the end zone with Matt Minnesota going up 16 to nothing. The Bears then finally got going as Skip Bayless Jones towed the out-of-bounds line this week, but then wound up coming out on top with a 40-yard touchdown run to put Chicago on the board. The Vikings took control of this game, though, and wound up winning 29-16. But the drama didn't end up there because the number one overall pick was still up for grabs. So we go live down to I-65 to the armpit of America in Indiana to check in on the Texans' calls. That's right, baby. We got two games today. Davis General Mills was far from a balanced breakfast, but came through late in the game with the Texans trailing 31-14, 24 on 4th and 20. Mills threw his pokey football and said, I choose you to Jordan Ekins for the score and then the two-point conversion. The Colts and Sam Paul Ellinger just fell short enough to give the Bears the number one overall pick. 
And to all the other NFL teams out there, one week and one more time. Tanks for the memories, tanks for the memories. Bulls has picks like you, only higher. <laughs> what a way to end it. Bravo. Uh, I had to get the second game in there. For, okay, just I-65, worst highway in America, armpit of America. Well said. I, I fully, fully, fully endorse that. Before you talk about Art by Levi, I do have to say Beats by Blackie Chan are good, dude. Beats by Blackie Chan. He's got Brendan's Breakdown. He's got our intro music, our outro music. Love him. He's on Instagram. He is on uh, Twitter. Beats by Blackie Chan. Check him out if you could, folks. Yes, please do. And as always... Fortunately, for the final time, but we are always going to support our guy, Levi. If you want something truly unique for yourself or someone else, visit the Fan Art by Levi shop on Etsy. It features over 100 different original pieces of spray paint art. Each painting is original, it's signed, and it's one of a kind. I've got one. I've showed it off here before. The shop features sports teams, superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, like I referenced in the breakdown in case you couldn't understand what that was and more you can find amazing and affordable art at the fan art by levi that's all one word l-e-v-i shop on etsy all right so boys uh we are gonna go directly we're we're, we're skipping around here we're going directly to the outhouse and the penthouse Now, The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, folks, interest rates are up. Prices are up. Does that mean that real estate is dead? It's not. But if you have questions, you got to reach out to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader, with At Properties Christie's International. He's got your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience have been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes, Forbes, excuse me, because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. Now, if you do talk to Geneva Jeff, our guy, Jeff Cadwalder, please let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello because we would appreciate it and we know that Jeff sure would appreciate it as well. So now, boys, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to change this up a little bit different than usual. We're going to go to the outhouse and the penthouse, um, but we have to do it specifically for the head coach and the GM, right? So what we're going to do is uh, first we're going to go Ryan Poles, and you're gonna we're gonna go outhouse Ryan Poles. We'll go penthouse Ryan Poles. We'll go head coach, right? So uh, we'll go Eberflus outhouse, and we'll go Eberflus penthouse. You guys understand? Looking for something that they've done really well, something that they've not done really well. So we're shaking it up, changing it up for this one. What we're going to do, boys, we're going to stick with the exact same order for every single time. Now, Jack, you were at the game, so you know what? Uh, because of that, we're going to have you go first. Patrick Sheldon, you're going to go second. Brendan, you go third, and I will finish it up. So we are going to go outhouse ryan poles let's hear it boys okay so i think if i'm understanding the assignment correctly he uh he missed on most of the free agents that he that he selected we've talked about it i think previously there was a lot of chip in a chair moments when it came to free agency he stumbled right out of the gate with uh, a big name player and a physical that didn't work out so well and uh, from that point on whether it be uh, Byron Pringle or uh, or Harry or you know having to sign like two 
offensive lineman a couple of weeks before training camp starts, uh, that's not a very good look. And uh, and those guys got quite a bit of playing time when they weren't hurt. So uh, I would just say in general, and that's probably, you know, now you guys are going to have to dig a little bit because that's probably the most glaring, I think. But I think free agency was uh, definitely in the outhouse for, for our guy Ryan Poles. Underestimating Justin Fields, um, I think – I think it's become clearer to me that Ryan Poles made the moves he made because he was not 100% sure about Justin Fields. And I didn't think that at the beginning of the season. I I truly thought he was resetting uh, and doing what he thought was putting some kind of um, team around Justin Fields that he could still succeed uh, but, but not kind of blow the bank in his first year. As the season's gone on, I'm I'm starting to think that maybe um, it was a little bit more of him wanting to really see what Justin Fields was and maybe not being 100% sold on him. And um, it worked out that they got the first overall pick, but uh, thankfully Justin Fields got through all 17 games without serious injury. Um, so I'm going to put his underestimation, uh, is that a word, underestimation of Justin Fields um, in the outhouse. Mine is the Chase Claypool trade, unfortunately. And I think we were, I, I'm not sure about all of us, but I remember seeing the news of the trade and hearing that initially the Bears sent the Ravens second round pick to get him. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's a really good deal. I'm really happy that that's what it took. And then like five minutes later, we heard that it was the Bears second round pick. And I immediately was like, oh, that's an overpay. We didn't realize how much of an overpay it would actually be because, of course, the Bears end up ended up losing their next, I think it was like nine games because he came in right after the Dallas game. And I'm, I'm not saying that like the move to get him was a bad move by any means because the Bears still needed wide receiver help. I do think Chase Claypool could be a good player. But when that pick, especially considering the circumstances of one team losing a first-round pick, that becomes the 32nd overall pick, that's a huge miss. And... I think just not having that and then seeing that Claypool didn't really develop with Justin Fields as much part of that's due to injury part of that's due to just kind of the offense being run but it it, at least for this year and the back half of the season that was a bad trade with what they had to give up so I understood it but at the same time I got to pan him for it because of the circumstances that happened after. I'm going to say it's not doing enough on the offensive line, and it's kind of a twofold, not really being aggressive enough in free agency when there was still some cap space to protect your quarterback and letting James Daniel walk for absolutely nothing. Now, he might not be the best offensive lineman that the Bears have ever had, but he's significantly better than some of the Bears offensive linemen that they've got right now, and I would have liked to see him in the mix in some way. I still just don't don't get that one. All right, boys, we're going to loop back around we're going to the penthouse now for ryan poles same order please the rebuild i mean i was sitting there thinking about it today and i thought well you know we could be a mid-range team you know with a bunch of journeymen like we've talked about you know and and maybe like looking at a wild card or something yeah you know three wins on the season sucks but we're you know poles went full out committed to a rebuild we've never we've never seen it We've never seen it in our lifetime, and and I think I give him credit for it. Now, obviously, we want to see it come to fruition, 
And I, but I feel like he handled it right with the coaching staff. I think he handled it right with the media. I think he, he did the best he could with the last draft. Um, but I, I'm just happy to see it get torn down. And of course, like all Bears fans, very hopeful that it gets built back up appropriately. But I'd rather have this and be, you know, three and 14 uh, than our regular year after year mid range BS. Great call, Jack. That's what I was going to say. Having a plan and committing to it, which is something Ryan Pace never did, uh, I think has been his signature move this year. But um, you stole it on me, so I'm going to have to pick something else. Uh, And so I'll say his draft. I I know some folks are down about the draft, but I think – I mean, Brisker's a player, right? I think Kyle Gordon has improved exponentially from week one and and gets better each week considering how much they've put on him this year, and we've talked about that at length – uh, this season. Braxton Jones, I get it. He's been uh, a bit of a turnstile at times, but remember, he's a first round pick, um, you know, and and he's got, I think, a lot of upside and I think he's got a lot of commitment to working hard and we'll see what he does this offseason, but I don't want to judge that pick right out of the gate. I still think he can be uh, a pretty good offensive lineman. If not the left tackle, then maybe they could slide him over um, to the right side, but I'm not out on Braxton Jones. I think he's going to be pretty solid. Uh, and honestly, Valus Jones, uh, you know, I know we talked about him too a lot uh, a couple weeks ago, but he's been getting better too the last few weeks. And so I'm not going to uh, draw any conclusions about this draft, but he's got a couple of nice players, and I think he's got a couple of extra um, contributors. And then we didn't even talk about the undrafted free agents like Sanborn. So um, I'm not as down on his evaluation of talent in the draft as I think some people are on Twitter. Uh, So I'll put that in the penthouse for Ryan Poles this year. Both of you guys took my top two, so well done. I had rebuild Stop and then trading back in the draft. So <laughs> my big my big move for him is the trade deadline deals to sell, uh, with Robert Quinn getting a fourth and Roquan Smith getting a second and a fifth, particularly Roquan. And I know that was a hard decision, and I know it maybe doesn't look great because Roquan has played better, and I, he's still a great player. But the reality is – Roquan put polls in a really tough position by publicly outing his negotiations, by basically putting his demands out there and putting polls in a corner where it was really tough for him to either pay $20 million for an off-ball linebacker who was still learning a new position and wasn't exactly excelling at it, or sell him when his value is still pretty high and get something in return before he inevitably leaves in free agency or is disgruntled when the franchise tag is put on him. So the fact they were they were able to at least kind of going back to the rebuild, they picked a lane, they were able to get something of value for him. I I commend him that for that. And then of Robert Quinn, oh my God. I really was scared when they held on to him at the beginning of the season, thinking his value was gone because who's going to replicate an 18 and a half sack season. But they were able to get something out of him for the Eagles and he's done jack for them. Not Jack Wright, but just, you know, Jack, you know what? Hey, Jack. What? Whoa, whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah. Something you want to tell us? Maybe a massive upgrade for that. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'll just say, in terms of selling off pieces at the trade deadline, I'm really happy with what he did and continued in that rebuild lane. I'm going to just say setting this team up for next season. I, I, I don't consider the first round pick like the first overall pick that's not what i'm talking about necessarily here i don't think that was anywhere in his plan in any way shape or form but what i do mean is clearing up the books having all that that cap space having draft picks all of it kind of coming together he has set this team up where i mean he's got to have a lot of hits it's 
you know, that there's a lot, but he has a lot of resources in which to do so. All right, now boys, we're gonna do the exact same thing. We're gonna go out to the outhouse with Matt Eberflus and his staff, and then we will come back around and go to the penthouse for Matt Eberflus and his staff. So, same exact order, so let's go out to the outhouse with Matt Eberflus and his staff. Let's see, I think I'll go uh, Williams in the outhouse first half and Getsy in the outhouse second half. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know as if there's much more to say. I mean, Williams, was, you know, aside from those second half uh, adjustments, which were really good, I think, Ryan, you really were all over it, seemed to just scheme really poorly and uh, not have much of an answer for, for a lot of the teams in the first half. And then I know we're in the outhouse, but then all of a sudden in the second half, we're, you know, stepping toe-to-toe with Philly and the Bills. So, uh, yeah, and then I think I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on Getsy either, just because I think we have rehashed that a ton. You know, he gets credit I think for pivoting on Fields uh, and the way in which Fields uh, was featured as a runner, uh, but other than that, he I think he's been on the struggle bus quite a bit. This is a tough one for me um, because it turned out well, but his handling of the Tevin Jenkins situation, and I say it's tough for me because I I don't know all the details, I don't know all the facts. He may have been 100% in the right for how he handled the situation. But at times it seemed like, and I, I mentioned this like at the beginning, it felt like maybe Fluce is a bit of a doghouse guy. And I, what I mean by that is if one of the players does something to get in his doghouse, it may take a little bit more um, than usual to get out of the doghouse. And that's kind of what it felt like with, with Tevin Jenkins. He did something to get on uh, his bad side, and it, he needed to do a lot to get back in his good graces. Um and fortunately, it worked out. Tevin Jenkins responded well and, and got back in there. But um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of how he handled that situation. But I, I would like to hear some more details. Hopefully, that comes out this offseason. I'm going to put Matt Eberflus in his use of timeouts in the outhouse. I think he just his clock management skills need a ton of work. And I think specifically the Green Bay game in the first half jumps out at me where believe they let the clock run down and then just failed to use a timeout to try and build any momentum when there was still a chance that at least, Hey, they can play spoiler or something, you know, that was still early in December. I just didn't think he handled the clock great. So just, and it was kind of a thing that it was throughout the season, but that game in particular stood out to me. And I think coaches need to, there needs to be like a masterclass of coaches, just how to use your timeouts and when, We've seen it all throughout the league. This isn't just uh, particular or specific to Eberflus, but for this, I'm going to say just how he uses his timeouts. I don't think he uses them effectively. This might make Jack a little bit angry, but finishing. I mean, I, I know that they were in every single, not every single game, but they were in most of the games this season, but they never seemed to find a way to finish and win. And I think there's something to that. Now, I I know I'm on the, you know, maybe midway through the season, I got to the, I want them to lose. I want them to tank. I want them to get a better draft pick. But at the same time, you know, one of those, the, the Green Bay games, there were a couple other ones like it where we weren't in full tank mode yet. I wanted to see them find a way to win and they didn't. I understand they don't have the talent. We, we've been through all of these things all season long, but I just, I, I, I feel like this this coaching staff plays a little too conservative and I and I get the feeling that 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 might be something that when we are trying to get to the playoffs might come back to bite us in the butt 
Hopefully I'm wrong about that one. Boys, Penthouse, Matt Eberflus and his staff. I think it's a a Herculean job to keep the nasty out of a 3-14 and season. I mean, I don't know. Like, we didn't hear shit coming out of the locker room. You know, nothing toxic, nothing divisive, no one throwing anyone under the bus ever, all year long. I mean, that, that to me, to to keep the locker room and that, that team really playing, I would say, all the way up until maybe the last two games, I, I'm highly impressed. You know, we threaded about it a little bit in our chat, and I just, you know, from the, the discipline to the fundamentals to, you know, taking penalties down, uh, I just feel like if you take the, 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 the win-loss factor out of it, I, I think there's a lot to like about the way Flus has handled this um, this team so far. So I apologize, guys. I got to jump after this, but uh, I, I half-heartedly wanted to say not being Nathaniel Hackett was um, in the penthouse <laughs> for, for Flues, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, and instead, I'm going to I'm going to talk about their adjustments as a staff. Uh, you know, whether it was um, after the, that kind of mini buy, changing the offense completely, or how they adjusted sort of on the fly to losing so many off- offensive linemen week after week and continuing to, to march forward with their, their run game uh, where they eclipsed 3,000 yards rushing, uh, or it was you know working off of a full buy and making adjustments and having their team prepared that in a way that Matt Nagy never did, uh, or coming out of the half and and looking as if they they watched the first half and said we're going to do things differently because the first half wasn't working. I know, I know, it's completely earth shattering that a coaching staff may look at a first half, identify what went wrong, and then do the opposite in the second half. But um, again, we never saw that under Matt Nagy's tenure. And so I think the adjustments that they made, whether it was within the game or week to week, uh, or completely revamping the offense to to match Justin Fields' skill set, um, I think was probably one of the, the best things that I saw out of the staff. So kudos to them, and that's going to be in their penthouse. And with that, um, I will see you all next week. See you, Shells. Bye, Sheldon. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> All right, I got two, but one of them's really stupid, so I'm just going to go with the, the one that makes more sense. I'm going to go way back to July and August, and I think Jack will, Jack will probably agree. The way that Matt Eberflus got his team ready to go in training camp, I was thoroughly impressed. I had been to a few practices, and I had seen what Matt Nagy had done, what I think I saw what John Fox did, but definitely what Matt Nagy had done previously, and it was night and day. Eberflus had his team ready to go. They were playing hard. There was no like time off or things like people just being lackadaisical. Guys were going super hard in drills, and this was probably I think like a few weeks into camp too. So this was kind of as you started getting into the dog days. So right then and there, I'm like, this guy is going to have his players ready to play. We weren't sure how talented they were going to be, but at the very least, we could see that effort was going to happen and we were going to see that throughout the season. And we did. So just seeing that right away from the jump in August, I think was really important. And I like that how the way that he got his team ready to go. I got to say they're, they're, they're teachers. How many times this season did we look at our secondary or the linebackers and you go, who are these guys? They, they haven't been been on the team for what two weeks and uh, number twenty seven Brendan helped me out I already forgot his name because Greg Stroman Jr. 
Dude, um, dude got a pick, right? And then number 30, uh, also. Harrison Hand, I believe. Thank you. Uh, got, a, got a fumble. Like, those dudes played. And, you know, I think that's something that, that I wish Sheldon was still here because I want to give him credit. You know, he, he's, he pounded the table that they're good teachers, they're good teachers, they're good teachers. And they, they are. You know, you, you have to give it to them that they, they've taken guys that are fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh stringers, which that doesn't even exist. But, but they're taking guys off the street and they're, they're making them competent football players. And so I got to give it to them. All right, boys, we've got some true false lined up. We've got some from our our viewers. Uh, I've also got some written out for you. So this one makes me so happy. TJ Brooks. TJ Brooks is with us live. TJ, hi, buddy. How are you? Uh, So TJ's true false for this one. The Bears end up using the first overall pick instead of trading back. So same order, boys. And obviously, we're just going to cut out shells. False. They they are going to trade back. We've talked about it a bit before. The fact that there are uh, quite a few teams that are going to be potentially thirsty for a quarterback uh, and hopefully make some type of a, a, a Ryan Pace, uh, <laughs> you know, just epic uh, fall maybe. Although I think probably the, the two quarterbacks up at the top are, are going to be better. But, hey, we, we thought all, you know, four of the ones that were in the conversation – in Justin Fields' draft class, we're going to be good, but then you know, you know Wilson not so good, and so anyway. But I, I do think that Poles will continue with his theme of of leveraging and accumulating picks, and I, he will he will trade back. I'll say false too, although I don't think it's a slam dunk that everybody thinks it is because I go back to like 2017, for example. There that was a pretty decent quarterback class being hyped up. You had Trubisky, you had Watson, you had, you had Mahomes. And say what you want about Trubisky and Watson, now I get it. But those three in particular, everyone said, well, there's a chance that they could go in the top like three. And it wasn't automatic that the Browns were picking Miles Garrett. But like you said, Jack, Ryan Poles has shown what he likes to do. He wants to accumulate talent. He is going to be looking to trade that pick down. And when you have teams like the Colts at number four, I know the Raiders are up there. The Lions even potentially might want a quarterback. The Raiders, the Seahawks, you you name it. I think it's the Commanders. Yeah. Command, maybe the Commanders. I don't know. You don't know who which team is going to get really quarterback happy feet and want to move up. Hell, Maybe the Texans even move up because yep. they're afraid of somebody jumping up. And we now get the opposite of what Ryan Pace and the Bears did to get up from number three to number two in 2017. So yeah, it is false. But like I said, I I don't know if it's a guarantee just because Ryan Poles may fall in love with somebody like Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or maybe a surprise. Jack, this is why I wanted the first overall pick. This is why I wanted the Bears to lose the last couple of games because you can trade out of the first pick and still end up with a top five pick and a haul and a half for it. So I hope that this one is true and or I'm sorry, false. How did I read this? Whatever, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm trying to say, boys, is that I hope that they trade out of this position and just get stupid picks. Stupid, uh, you know, acquisi- acquisitions for it. Just get some good stuff for, for Justin Fields and the crew. All right, boys. True or false? Justin Fields will be QB1 for the Chicago Bears in 2023 and 2024. True. Yeah, I think that there's been a lot of chatter this week about him being unfinished and 
you know, per usual, the things have just run amok when it comes to social media and fan reaction. And, you know, I, so, I mean, I, I just think my sense of this is that in the building, in the building, there is direct discussions with Justin Fields and that those direct discussions are we're going to build around you. Uh, we feel strongly about you. I, I just can't imagine uh, another uh, type of situation uh, taking place uh, in terms of arm strength. The, the, the best, most talented quarterback that has ever played the position in my lifetime, like, wh- where are you going to go? I mean, do you, do you think the Jets would like to have Justin Fields right now? I, I just, I, I'm telling you, I, I think a lot of it is just chatter. And I do think that the Bears, even though they might not say it, and they will probably not say it because they're going to leverage the heck out of the controversy, which I think they absolutely should. Uh, but it's mostly just noise, and they are behind Justin Fields. As am I, by the way. He is him. Justin Fields is my quarterback. This is really – honestly, this is tough. I definitely think for 2023, I it's so hard to predict out in two years because the NFL, especially nowadays with rookie contracts, things change so much. I mean, who saw two years ago? Let's go two years ago, guys. The Browns are going to the playoffs. They had an incredible season. Now, two years later, Baker Mayfield is on the LA Rams as a backup after he was traded to the Carolina Panthers and released. Did anyone see that coming? No. No. So, as, oh God, as much as I want to say true, and I swear to God, I am not hating. Why do you hate Justin Fields? Shut up. Shut up. This is, I don't want to make a decision. This is hard. <laughs> this just in. Brennan Chagru hates you know Justin what? Fields gonna, so I'm, and I'm wants to go see true. him traded to I'm Green Bay Packers. Shut up. I'm going to go true. I'm going to will it. I'm, I'm just – that's what my heart wants because yeah. I am a big Justin Fields fan. However – Knowing what we've seen from the NFL the last few years and all the trades and all the just people moving on, I would not be surprised for one reason or another if Justin Fields is not on the team in 2024, just given that information. But I hope he is, and I'm saying he is. Just that's hard. That's a really good question, Dangle. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last uh, last uh, regular season Bears game, last Bears game of the season, rather, and uh, so I had to get get a good one. The only thing that gives me pause is Brad Biggs. It's the only thing that gives me pause about this because uh, we were talking about it in our text thread. What I believe, what I have seen with my eyes is that Justin Fields is obviously the guy. He doesn't have the pieces around him to help. I mean, he, he it was a, um, a Superman effort, a Herculean effort to try to just get this team to do anything. He's putting 30 points plus on, on the board for, for how many games in a row, right? It just, he, he is, he's the guy. But Brad Biggs seemingly putting out tweet after tweet and article after article that that maybe he's not the guy that the Bears have to explore all options at quarterback. Brad Biggs is a smart guy. He is more often correct than he is wrong. But that being said, that being said, I still think it's true. I, I I hope that this is all smoke and mirrors, and I and I hope that that they see what we're seeing, and I hope that they understand what we you know that what this fan base feels about it. This is the best playmaker the Bears have had. 
since I can't I can't think. I mean, we've we've had arguments. Is, is is he as good a playmaker as Brandon Marshall, Devin Hester? I mean, he is electric. He's so special. And so Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> so so I'm going to say true that he will be the quarterback for the next two seasons in in, in hope in hope. Go, go Jack. I, I have a follow. I just think really I think Brad Biggs. If you just take the statements he's made factually. One that Justin Fields hasn't arrived as a passer. Well, that's just true. He just needs more time. And again, using Shell's uh, his phrase, you know, rising tide raises all ships. You know, and so he needs more time in, in the saddle, and he needs to to be better as as a passer. The other statement that he makes is that the Bears should continue to investigate every single player that's eligible in the draft. And I mean, I, I've never been in the seat that Ryan Poles is in. Maybe that's not what he will do. Maybe he'll say he is, but maybe you don't spend time on a couple of guys that you're not going to end up drafting. Maybe you, you know, reallocate your time to guys you think you might actually draft. But I guess I'm not sure. So I would think that you would do your due diligence on all eligible players. So to me, if you just take those two statements in isolation, they're, they're, they are reasonable. They are reasonable statements. I think it's just, again, the cycle that's, that occurs in the news and Bears fans losing their brains that makes it, you know, that whole, like, you know, the Bears don't believe in him. Biggs is saying that the Bears don't believe in him, et cetera. Yeah, so and to, and basically Jack said a lot of what I wanted to say. I'll take it a step further. Imagine that you, some appliance company gives you just this, this free coupon that said you can get anything in your house, like for your house in our store. It could be a stove, it could be a refrigerator, it could be like just any sort of thing. You already have a really good refrigerator. You know, you bought that a couple years ago, it's been really good for you. You might wanna look just in case and yet it's probably not gonna be something you wanna get. But you have this free ticket to get anything you want. And the I guess anything you want with the options available. Why not just look at it and say, hey, I don't need this. Or, you know, I, I thought this was, I thought we're good, but let me just make sure. That's kind of what we're dealing with. And I, I don't know why I picked the appliance analogy out of all of them. But the point is, like, when you have a free ticket like this, just do your due diligence and look. And you'll probably find the answers that you're looking for and that you think you know that Justin Fields is the best would have been the best prospect and is still better than these guys now. Just look. And then two, we I think we I like Brad Biggs a lot and I think he's a fantastic writer. He's a really good reporter. I know people don't agree with everything he says. I think we sometimes give him a little too much credit on things that like he may know too much. Like this was a year ago, almost to the day. There's a growing buzz around the NFL that Ryan Pace will remain with the Chicago Bears and is even prone promoted to a president role overseeing football operations. That was via bad Brad Biggs. <clears throat> Didn't happen. So Well hold on hold on. First thing first, I will say this is I said that he is more often correct than he is incorrect. I never said that he that he's perfect. He has a great track record. Every single person who talks about the football, who talks about any sport, right, you're going to have bad takes. He had a bad take for sure. And, and, and you know, no excuses there. But again, I think 
he tends to be right more often than he is wrong. And the second thing is, why do you hate Justin Fields? He's a refrigerator now? Like, seriously, dude, where did where did this hate come from? Like, why are you dogging on our guy so much? Listen, Justin Fields, it, like this refrigerator, has dual capabilities. <laughs> he can keep your stuff cold and he can freeze it. That's the rushing and passing dual threat. You can't find a better appliance than someone like that, sir. <laughs> I'm rather speechless. Like if there's like maybe vodka comes out of the water spigot and then you can upgrade your refrigerator and then it's even better than it already is. <laughs> and your refrigerator runs faster than anything ever. Yeah, that's <laughs> Damn it, I should have said that. Yeah, should have. Yeah, it's it's always running something. I don't know. There's there's yeah. another joke in there that we're we're really missing for I'll sure. I'll tweet it out later. <laughs> okay, for sure. All right, boys, these next two are really, really tough, and I I wish Sheldon was here for the for these next two. Um, but here we go. True or false, you are all in on this coaching staff moving into next season. Okay, so I'm going to take the true side, and I'm also going to come out my best friend and and, and my boy, uh, Ryan Dangle. Uh, we, we went back and forth a little bit on, on our, our, our chat, our thread. Listen, I am all on, and we've talked about it before. Uh, I've listened to their press conferences uh, during the week, I've listened to them after the after the games. You know, you said it earlier, Ryan. They are teachers. They don't do word salad. They talk about relationships with players. They talk about improvement. They stay the course. They have a singleness of purpose, just like Vince Lombardi suggested. It's not fair to compare them to the New York Giants. I wanted Dable. You wanted Dable. I get it. We may look down the road in two or three years and think, "Dang, we missed on Dable and we missed on the GM." However, as it stands, the comparison is kind of poor because the Giants didn't tear the entire thing down. The Bears did. So you want to, I don't know, it's apples and oranges. Like The roster wasn't trash, Ryan. The defense is good. They've got a defensive lineman who has 15, 16, 17 sacks. Just having Saquon Barkley on the team is better than our roster. So A, the Giants had a better roster to start, and B, they didn't tear it down. They went in and tried to make the playoffs and did. So completely two different paths when it comes to comparing those two coaching staffs, in my opinion. And so ultimately, though, when it comes back to the Bears coaching staff, I am an all, I'm all in for a number of reasons. Like, like the old school coach in me really likes what they're saying and doing. They get more than a year uh, for sure. Um, they're all learning and growing. And I, I think they... Not only did the team show growth, but so did the, the coaching staff throughout the course of the year. I kind of want to argue that just about the Giants, but it's going to get away from the question. But all I'll say is, Jack, I think the Giants were a year ahead of the rebuild because of the fact they had two first-round picks. They didn't necessarily spend in free agency because they kind of couldn't. Daniel Jones was on the outs, and now he's a 3,000-yard passer with a lot of rushing yards, he's one of three three quarterbacks to do so, I believe, in NFL history. He's actually turned into a decent professional. I, I don't know. The roster isn't that much better, if if at all. I, I know you're talking about— How can it not be better when we got rid of Quinn, we got rid of Roquan, we got rid well, of— Well, but that's what I'm saying about— okay, We have that's Justin Fields. We have Justin Fields. We are the, we're the number the number He's one. The only elite player that we have. So take Saquon and and switch it around, right? But, so that and that's why. Have... And then add a defense. They've got a defense we don't because of and with help of Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, who's a guru with the Ravens. But that's also why I'm saying. 
understand that they were a year ahead of their rebuild because they had the two first round picks. They got Kayvon Thibodeau and then Evan Neal. Those two anchors really helped that defense as well. So it's kind of a weird question, but I really do think the coaching staff did do a lot more for the Giants than anything because look back at what Joe Judge was doing, trying to run that offense. They had just jack, you know what? I said it again. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, Saquon Barkley was a shell of himself even last year. Now he's back to being a Pro Bowl running back. So that's that's a whole nother conversation. Um, I'm going to say false. I'm in on them. I am in on them. I am not all in on them because I think it's difficult. While they are, I think, solid teachers, it's hard to be all in on a coaching staff when they are the worst team in the league. I mean, let's they, they've we've talked a little bit about it. They gave up leads at the end. They didn't know they couldn't finish for one reason or another. I think we've seen issues with Alan Williams, though he has gotten a little bit better. We've also seen things with Luke Getze where he scripted game plans crazy good and then just loses it halfway through a game. And the other thing I'll say is I while I do believe everybody is going to be back next year, I don't foresee any changes. If some coach like Sean McVay becomes available, I'm not going to hate if the Bears try and go get him. Because as a Cubs fan, I saw them give Ricky Renneria the boot after one year, a promising year, mind you, for Joe Madden. And two years later, they won the World Series. So just if somebody else maybe become somebody else better becomes available, I want to be mad. But I'm also still I'm okay with them being the coaches going forward. I'm just not necessarily pushing all my chips in on them, if that makes sense. Man, Brendan, I hate you a little bit because you you literally stole exactly what I say. You how can you be all in on a on a staff that won three football games and lost was it was it ten in a row or eleven in a row? Help me out, ten. boys. Ten ten games in a row. I, I don't know how you can be all in on that. Now, are there things to like? Jack, you, you highlighted them so incredibly well. Absolutely, 100%. I, and I I do think that they fought really hard, but I... But, you know, this is this is a league that they care about one thing and one thing only wins. That's it. They don't, you know, nobody cares if, if you play hard for, for, for an entire game. Now, do I think it is a huge deal that this team played hard for a coach with, a, with only three wins and in a 10-game losing streak? Yes, I do. Without question, I do. I think that's, that's incredible. But they only won three games. And I wasn't in on them in the first place. And I still am not all in on them right now. I'm not saying I'm out, but I definitely am not all in. All right, boys. This one, I think, is a little bit trickier, but it's very similar to the last one. You, true or false, you are all in on Ryan Poles moving forward. Well, that's tough because you have to choose right now and it's not a complete record. So, but but right now I am all in. You know, I mean, if, if, if after this, you know, draft and, and free agency, you know, offseason rolls around, we get to make this, you know, same judgment call and perhaps I'm... I'm taking a different tune, but, but, but for right now, I, I really enjoy, like I said, the way that he, he speaks about the team. I enjoy what I think. You know, I've seen some people say that he's putting on a master class, and I lean more towards that angle right now with his backdrop. You know, his Casey background and the roots that he he witnessed what it looks like to to make a program or to make an organization great. He's. I don't think he has shown any great flaw. There's not been any kind of like a a Ryan Pace type whiff or 
you know, anything egregious that would make me have a super big red flag, like, man, I don't, I don't want to give the keys to this guy. This, this is going to be trouble. There's just nothing like that that would suggest it. And so, I don't know. I think he's thorough. I think he's smart. Is it Ian Cunningham that is his right hand man? I feel like I've like seen some video clips on those guys working together, and they seem to be extraordinarily thorough and ready to go. I, and I think they really did a nice job in their draft analysis last year. So I'm, I'm excited. I, true. I'm all in. I guess right now I'm carrying all the water. But I, but I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't uh, at this point. I, I don't know. I'm just excited about the future for this team. No, I am too, Jack. I, I really am. Like even if I'm, you know, coming off as like a little negative, I'm just more uh, just skeptical because of just how short and how things have, especially in recent years, changed with this league. But I will say that I am all in on Ryan Poles. True, because. He hasn't shown me, he hasn't given me a reason yet not to be because we've talked about it. He picked a lane last year with doing the rebuild and just saying, I'm getting rid of these bad contracts. I'm getting rid of these admittedly talented but aging players and I'm picking a lane so we have enough dra- We have enough cap space next year to do what we want. Now we have a draft pick that literally we can do what we want. We control the draft as the Bears. As the Bears. Now comes the hard part where he actually has to build up the foundation that he set. But wh- why not be all in? Because we haven't seen it yet. And it's okay. Like that's that's kind of the point. We're getting to the point now we where he has to deliver and he has to get there. But why would I just like poker? Why would I remove or fold my hand before the cards even come out? Like that's kind of where we're at right now. Last year's free agency was just sort of a, hey, let's get through this season and let's see what flaws this team has and where this team is good at and then address it from there. So we're about to get there. There's no reason not to not to fold when we're at this position. False. It's too early. I'm not all in. I'm not out on him yet, but I'm not all in. I, I, I think it's way too early. You can't tell what this dude has done yet. And I think, Brendan, exactly what you're just talking about is we're about to set up the, oppor- you know, the opportunity for him to really show who he is and show what he can do. He has a quarterback. He has the number one overall pick, and he has the most money to spend in free agency. Now, he has set himself up well. And in that regard, I, I, I said earlier, I'm, I'm applauding him big time, but I don't know, man. I think he's he's definitely had some some misses so far, uh, and you know that's that's part of being a new GM. I, we'll see, man. I, I just I think it's too early. Ryan, I know the answer, but who hurts you? <laughs> who? The it's Chicago a, Bears hurt me. Yeah, clearly. Are you serious? So yeah, okay, man, I, get I get it, dude. Ryan, I get it. I, no, I get it. You yeah. were hurt, and I get it. You're you're <laughs> skeptical, and you're and you're hesitant to to go full in. And I yeah. fully understand, like why why you are that way because that sucked. Like you you were like you were all in. You were like, let's go, right? Eighteen, probably nineteen, and then oh, it just like absolutely imploded. Dude, I, I wanted to build a statue for Phil Emery when he traded for Brandon Marshall, <laughs> signed Jason Campbell, and signed Michael Bush. Like, and just, they just stabbed us in the back time and time again, right? So, like, yeah, I get it, but it's like you know, if I'm being like super skeptical, so let's review Ryan. Gordon sucks. You didn't want him. Eberflus, you didn't want him. Uh, you didn't really ever want Poles. Uh, you're not like the staff isn't really any good. Williams should be jettisoned. Valus Jones isn't very good. I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, 
But, but at least, but at least, at least I don't hate Justin Fields like Brendan Chagru does. So at least I have that going for me, which is nice. No, I think I, I, I just am, I'm far more skeptical. I just, I'm, I'm sick of, I'm sick of watching, you know, putting my heart into a team and just watching them rip it out again and again and again and again. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I love this team, but I also am not blind to it. And so I, I, I'm, cautiously optimistic with Ryan Poles. I am definitely leaning towards, I, I support this guy and I'm with him, but but I'm also, I'm not all in. I, he hasn't done anything that, that should make all of us go, yes, 100% this is the guy and I trust him, you know, like without any doubts whatsoever. I think that's kind of stupid, right? To say that you, but to, to say that you are, that you like his direction, you like where he's going, fully support 100 i i am all about it but i still don't think that this dude has done anything thus far to make me say i trust him implicitly am i crazy no no no, no you're, you're not you, yeah i'm coming at it from a different point in saying like because he hasn't done anything and i wasn't expecting anything last year to be quite honest i really wasn't i've said it on here multiple times I can't expect a GM to come in in his first year and spend all the money, especially the limited money that he has, to just kind of get a couple more wins and then possibly just, I don't know, not not have as much space or maneuverability before he even knows the team. Now he knows the team. I'm, And this might be blind faith. It probably is blind faith a little bit. I am going all in in the fact that he finally has this chance to build it up. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. But I totally I'm not going to pan you at all, Ryan. Like, that's a very reasonable statement and position to come from. Jack will. He's got it. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. a, a, ribbing, a ribbing amongst friends. You know, here's the Next thing. Fiery. Well, yeah. Well, so our whole like onus was starting it started with Jay Cutler. We would argue. I mean, sometimes to the point where. I don't think it was friendly anymore. Like it was like, it was like, we were like, we're not going to start a fist fight, but we, we got into like some serious heated arguments because we worked together. And so in the office, we, we would be, we'd be, you know, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you know, defending uh, or, or going after Jay Cutler. And I think for a while, Jack, you and I have been too much on the same page. And so it's time that we start fighting yeah. again. And I, I like yeah. this. It's I forget who, who was on, who was on the Cutler side of hating him versus loving him? I I liked Jay Cutler the quarterback. I yeah, I, 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 I liked Jay Cutler the quarterback. Okay, not, not okay. necessarily the human being, but I definitely liked Jay Cutler the quarterback. Okay, got it. All right. I was always famous for saying that the only time I really liked him was when he received the ball on a shotgun snap, and then he threw it because he had great arm talent. And there was no doubting that. But that was about the only time I really liked him was just watching him rifle a ball down the field hopefully to our team not always all right so boys there's two other things in the docket before we get to jack's question um and so uh let's do this um just a quick lot of people in preseason said that the chicago bears were going to be the worst team in the in football and we're gonna be vying for the number one overall pick and i think most of us said that that was nonsense here we are anything that you boys want to say about that I enjoyed um, Molly was on a little bit today, and I think he was asking um, the two players that he has on the one guy that you've interviewed a couple times. Help me, Manley, and yeah. it wasn't Olin, was it? No. no, but oh, Big Cat. Yes, yes, which was great. They do a great pregame and post. Anyway, they Molly was just kind of asking the guys, 
did do you think polls thought it was going to be this bad you know like yes he was going to strip it down and you know there wasn't going to be fully equipped and they're going to lose some games but do you think that he thought it would be this bad and i think the answer is no i mean i don't think really many folks thought that it would be quite this bad i think most of us took you know somewhere in the six and a half except for ryan ryan credit to you ryan ryan credit to you credit to ryan uh that you know that it would be you know what shells had 10 i think i had six or you know i don't remember seven but i yeah i just i i appreciated that conversation that they had and i think probably there was a little bit of truth to it that you know most of us defended the bears and didn't think they'd be the worst team in the league at the beginning of the year and i and i guess i didn't expect them to be the worst team in the league yeah, no, nobody, nobody ever predicts their team is going to be the worst team in the league that year. It's just, especially for football, because of just how the ball can bounce and it's one game at a time. I do remember, and shout out, and I'm not picking on him at all because I love the dude. Shout out to Ant at uh, Bears Cork on the Irish Bears show. So, no, seriously, like Brian, Ryan and I were both like having a debate with him. And I think the question was, are the Bears closer to a playoff team or a top five pick in the draft team? And Ryan and I were saying probably top five pick in the draft, although we aren't sure how close they're going to get there, but they're much further away uh, than they are a playoff team. And we were getting an argument, like just because of the the roster and the coaching staff from last year, like, well, if they won six games with Matt Nagy and how terrible he is, surely they have to win at least that much, if not a couple more. And it's like, well, that's not really how it works because everything changes the next year. And look, we thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the league after that preseason game. And we need to stop taking so much credit or so much stock in preseason. Yeah, same here. Like after watching that game, it just seemed like the Bears at least were going to be a competitive team. And to an extent they were. It didn't show up in the win-loss record. But And even I'll even go a step further. The first three weeks of the season, they were 2-1. and one. I mean <laughs> – Anybody who said, well, they're going to win three games the rest of the way, like one game the rest of the way, we all thought it it was nuts and crazy. So it just goes to show how much the NFL can change. But it's it's one of those things. I think most people believed they weren't a playoff team and probably closer to a top five pick in the draft. Nobody, no Bears fan thought they were going to be the, the worst team in the league. I hope I have been somewhat humble throughout this this season and Brendan I know you noticed it uh you know what is it two weeks ago or three weeks ago but I got so much shit for you're far too negative I just remember I I I tweeted something about how polls hasn't done enough for this offensive line and people were like you don't you know like you shouldn't be able to talk or, or something ridiculous like that like they haven't even played a game yet what's wrong you're so stupid no, no, I am not. I, I drinking some tea, drinking some tea today. <laughs> I, I, I'm not pulling receipts, but I am pulling receipts. No, no, so no. You, I, a little bit, go. a little, a little bit, because you know what? Like, I, I, I also said that this team wasn't going to be very good, and so many people said you're far too negative. You're being stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, I didn't play football at the level that Jack played football. I didn't coach it at the level that Jack did, right? And, and, I, and Jack, I'm not coming after you, right? I, I didn't play it at a professional level, but I have watched a lot of football, and I don't think I'm the stupid person on the face of the planet. I'm definitely not the smartest, but I'm not the stupidest, right? And and when I saw this team going into it, I knew that we weren't going to be very good. And I said that and I just, just people, just the vitriol that came after me and some of those other people, like 
I think Bears fans owe a bit of an apology to some of those those national media member people that they just went after relentlessly at the beginning of the season. That's how I feel about things. Am I crazy, boys? No, no, not at all. Especially if the fact, and I don't remember you, and I, obviously I'm not like saying you didn't, but I don't remember like the vitriol specifically coming at you. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. This team is much better. Like, stop talking about football. You don't know ball. Like, Bears Twitter, in a sense, just loves to like gas up their team and wants to see, you know, give everybody a fair shake and, you know, preach patience. And, you know, this team's going to be a lot better. And that's not always the case. And we are not the the people who are going to like pull receipts or keep receipts or anything just because who, who cares? Like we give our we give our opinion now. We're going to be right about things. We're going to be wrong about things. That's just how it is. But yeah, for the people to come at you and say, like, you don't know ball or anything, I totally understand why everybody was skeptical or uh, people, I guess, in general, some people in general were skeptical about this team going into last season because they didn't do enough. Anybody who said the roster was much more improved than the previous season, that's just a, that's false. You lose Khalil Mack, you lose. Yes, Allen Robinson had a down year, but I mean, she's probably still better than any other receiver on this team. I'm just I'm just saying that's wrong. The fact that, you know, people are coming at you and you definitely have your right to sip your tea like Kermit. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. All right, boys, this is the last thing before we get to Jack's question. I want brief, please, briefly, something you want out of free agency and something you want out of the draft. Doesn't have to be super specific. It doesn't have to be names, just something that you want out of free agency and something that you want out of the draft. Yeah, boy, uh, it was a great question. They asked Eberflus if, you know, he had confidence in polls going forward in the draft. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, we please, we see players the same. We want them tall, fast, lean, strong. And I thought that, that was kind of cool. I kind of got jacked up about that. Um, you know, I, I think there just needs to be a, a lot of improvement at the line. I think a team is built at the line and then it's built out and it's, it's no, you know, no shocker to hear that I think we, we need some de- – they're just getting gap controlled again today and gashed at times by the Vikings. So I think I would – I think I have made my priorities, you know, in terms of both the draft and the free agency, and free agency somewhere along the lines of like D-line, O-line. I'm going to put wide receiver over to the side because I, I just am not sure where that's going to go. Maybe, maybe the linebackers then after that. But – um. So, yeah, and the really tough thing for me is I don't see a path right now to what I think would be an elite number one receiver. Jack and I were talking about it today because it would be nice to match up an elite number one with Mooney and Claypool. I'm not totally sold on Brendan's argument about Claypool yet. Uh, I'd like to see him get some more time. Uh, and then maybe Valis working in there, too. That. That that would be kind of a nice little solution, I think, in the short term. I just don't see that path yet to that to that number one receiver. Before I get into my uh, statement, quick, what about would a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas, somebody who's aging, would if there was a trade that could be made for like a mid round pick or an, a day two pick, would that kind of suffice that that need, Jack? I guess I, I would prefer not to go in that direction. I, I, okay. I feel like I have a sense that Poles is waiting for the, the perfect, you know, apple to pluck when it comes to, to that to that receiver position, either to try to make it happen somewhere, you know, in the, not Jamar Chase, but in the realm of a Jamar Chase type talent that we can get through the draft 
uh, and or if we can steal somebody that is maybe disgruntled or is asking out of a contract. Um, maybe Devon, Devon, maybe Adams, only because he's 30 and he doesn't seem to be slowing down. You can sign him to a three-year deal. I would not be mad about that. I don't think he'll want to come to Chicago, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, trade is probably unlikely to just with the money that the Raiders have to eat. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. I want the Bears to be active, and I'm sure they will, but I want them to be active with the amount of money that they have. I, I want them to be involved, active and involved on every single conversation, every possible signing, because they have the most money to offer. They have the top draft pick. Be involved on all those trade discussions. The Bears have a lot to offer with this. So as long as they're not one, they're actually have a seat at the table for everything. And two, they're not left at the altar because somebody else undercut them on something. Just it felt like last year there was a lot of sitting around and waiting for, you know, the lesser free agents to come around, which we've talked about. I understand. Just be active early and often because there's a lot of possibilities that this team can do this offseason to improve and trades, free agency, draft picks, you name it. I want to see at least one or two players on this team next year that other fan bases go, damn, I wish I had him. You've got the money to do it. Yes, you're going to have to overpay. You always have to overpay in free agency. But I want a couple players that are name players, whether that be offensive line, whether that be linebackers. I don't care. Defensive linemen, whatever. There needs to be a couple splash plays. And then from there, however else you want to handle it, but I want some names on this team so that I'm not asking Brandon at some point, hey, who's this dude? Who's that dude, right? Uh, that that's, that's what I would like. All right, Jack, what do you got for us this week? All right, so sometimes you guys uh, are good at nudging me in the right direction. So if I'm off on this question at all, just let me know. But I think it could be a good one. And I actually stole it from my, uh, my, my Knox College thread. Uh, my good friend Tom, Wilkson, Tom Wilcoxon uh, threw this out there. So if it were Jets, Giants, Bears, Hard Knocks 2023, who, who do you think it might be if the Bears were selected for Hard Knocks? How would you feel about that, Ryan and then Brendan? I would love it because I would love to see the insides of, of this organization, how it works. I know it usually doesn't work out well for the playoffs. Obviously, we're seeing that the Lions are playing to knock Green Bay out of it as opposed to getting into the playoffs. Um, not saying that's the end-all, be-all, but, but usually it doesn't work out super-duper well. But I'd love to see it. I think it would be really cool insight. Um, but, yeah, I think that's I – don't, I don't think it would work well for us going to the postseason. Well, I'll take one name off the list because the Giants are going to the postseason, so they're ineligible. But I will also say the Bears. I mean, who doesn't want to get a better inside look at their favorite team? Hard Knocks is great. I mean, I enjoy it. And I think part of the reason that they may not go to the playoffs isn't necessarily because a team was – or a camera crew was following them around training camp for a couple of weeks. I think it's because most of the teams are usually – bad teams that don't make the playoffs but have kept their head coach so the the lions improved drastically this season from where they were last year they had the number two overall pick and now they were on the doorstep of making the postseason this year who yeah who doesn't want to see it i i would absolutely love to just get a better inside look and not have something because i know the bears do something similar with 1920 but that's controlled by the bears like i want to see what hbo actually puts out i think that'd be really fun 
Justin Fields seems to be a magnet for, you know, local and national media. So I think if there was a draw, if you're just thinking about it from, you know, a holistic type of media PR perspective, I think, you know, JF would be the ticket, you know, and I, and I think I agree with you guys. I would I would like to see. I think that that the guys like Fluce and the staff, they don't I don't think they have anything to hide when it comes to the way that they're planning and preparing and practicing. And so I think that it would be it would be nice to get an inside look at that for sure. I guess I would worry a little bit about the ancillaries and like maybe some of the some of the positive negative because they're going to clip it together. Like as I was talking to the Roar of the Lions guys, they obviously choose what they want to put in. Right. And they want to choose what they put in so that they get more watches. So that part of it, like having that control in HBO's hand would concern me a little bit. Boys, this was a fun episode, even though we only finished up with three of us. Now, we talked about this as a podcast crew that normally this is when we give individual shout outs to our friends, our interactions, and some just people that we, we just we enjoy or, you know, some, some personal news or something along those lines. But for this one, we are changing it up. Damar Hamlin, number three, uh, you know, our shout outs are going to him going out to his family and the medical staff for um, just doing something just incredible. CPR on the field, right? That dude's heart stopped on the field and he's alive to tell the tale and uh, we're just uh, so moved by it. So that is going to be our lone shout out for this week. Now, folks, I just have a f- couple quick things to say, which is thank you. Thank you so much for, for this season. Thank you so much for hanging out with Brennan Chagru, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, and myself. We have appreciated it so much. We got a lot of podcasting coming your way, right? A lot of fun stuff to talk about uh, throughout this stuff. But we just want to say thank you so very much for all of you that make this absolutely possible. So, folks, for Brennan Chagru... Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon. Man, we're just, we're so thankful for all of you. Thank you so very much for listening. For all of you out there, thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful off season, I guess. Bear down, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>